On today's show, the LA Clippers will be without Ivica Zubats for at least four weeks. How will that affect the team? How can they stay winning even without such an important piece? And the state of the Clippers going to be bringing on a very special guest that you might be familiar with to talk about how well the Clippers are playing right now and what they can do this season. And 2026, the All-Star Game is coming to Inglewood to L.A., but specifically to your L.A. Clippers. That's next on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, born and raised in L.A. And in my 19th season as a Clipper fan, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. Clipper and L.A. sports content. And Locked On Clippers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And joining me today, the radio voice of your L.A. Clippers and a listener of Locked On Clippers, the host or co-host of the Clips and Dip show that I know a lot of people cross over and listen to both of us, Adam Oslin. I got to do the intro like that guy that does it for you, Adam Oslin. <laughs> the Bob Schmidt heavily produced intro. Yeah, I appreciate it, Darian. Thanks for having me on. Like LeBron James said, after winning that first title, it's about damn time. There we go. So yeah, hopefully trying to get all the Clipper media and brass in here eventually. But let's start with, you know, plenty of things to talk about today, but let's start with the news that came out on Tuesday. If it's a Zubats with the calf injury, he'll be reevaluated in four weeks. What were your first thoughts hearing that? He's been so important to what the Clippers do. Thankfully, we now have Daniel Tyson Mason Plumley, who played well on Tuesday night. But how do you think it's going to impact the Clippers going forward? Well, when he missed the game, and it was as late of a scratch as you could have against the Minnesota Timberwolves, I heard multiple things right before tip-off that he was going to play. And then I think about five, ten seconds before, they said no go. It was Coach Lou's decision, it sounds like. And I think it's the right one. you got to be prudent when it comes to an injury like that. But I had said going into that game that, look, if Evita Zubats, or after the game, if Evita Zubats has to miss a couple of weeks, if he has to miss a month, you just have to get by and figure out a way because if he's not healthy, I don't think you're winning a championship anyways. He's that vital to this team. He's one of their yeah. top four most important players. I know there has been a lot of zoo slander over the years. None of it has been warranted. Uh, even his hands now are being talked about by Darvin Ham of the Lakers when he's out there catching basketballs and almost outplaying. I think you could say he outplayed Anthony Davis in that ball game. But he's so instrumental, especially on the defensive end. But recently, what we have seen with him, his last 28 games next to James Harden with that new starting lineup, Avita Zubat's getting 13 and 10 while shooting almost 70% from the field. And they've unlocked something with that pick and roll with James Harden, as you would expect. But remember, at first, people are saying, I don't know if Avita Zubat can do it. Maybe they have to go out and get Clint Capella. He's not the right pick and roll partner with James Harden. Well, that stuff's aging like milk now. Uh, and 
it just looks like a guy who was coming into his own at the right time, and James Harden has something to do with that. So it's a huge loss for this team. But you have to be cautious. It goes back to last year in February. He had the same issue coming out of the All-Star break with that calf injury. And he's a guy, if he can't go, Avita Zubas doesn't miss games. You know he's hurt. It right. must be somewhat significant. And this Clippers team, I think, just got their first victory last night with 2-1-3 without Avica Zubats in a ball game. So that tells you, one, how important he is. Two, how few games he's missed. Just 12, yeah. now 13 games as a member of the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, so it, it is concerning because you need him to win a championship. But I would say timing-wise, this isn't the worst time for this to happen. Carlo Jimenez, um, your radio broadcaster on the Clippers, your play-by-play man, picking up where Noah Eagle left off, like you're picking up where Chuck Mockler and Will Updike left off with Locked On Clippers. But he brought this up during the break last night. You know, if Mason Plumlee didn't get hurt against the New York Knicks, they wouldn't have gotten Daniel Tice to now be in this position where you have both of those guys to try to supplement what Avita Zubats has been bringing. So I don't know if that's the basketball gods finally looking out for the Clippers and throwing them, throwing them a bone, but it's, it feels a little bit like you know the timing could have been much worse with this Avisa Zubats injury. Yeah, if we get him back, or when we get him back, I should say, around March, give him that month right before the playoffs to get back into the swing of things, I don't think it should take too long. Uh, he's already been a part of this team for so long. He knows exactly what to do, as you mentioned. He and James Harden's pick-and-roll chemistry has really increased. So I think he'll come back and fit right back into things. The question is, will we be able to maintain this level of play without Zoo? I think Daniel Tice and Plumlee are definitely serviceable. We obviously lose a little bit of that rim protection. You know, when when guys get blown by, if it's a Zubats, it's, it's really there cleaning it up and has been a lot this season. As you mentioned, his numbers the last uh, 10 was it 20 games you said but in the season 12 points 10 rebounds overall so just point three away from the official double double i want to see him actually average a double double this year and i think he will um what about the prospect of you know mason plumley he had a good game against the thunder on tuesday he obviously has been kind of replacing the rotation by daniel tice but what do you think he could bring in terms of being a little bit more of a vertical lob threat than Zoo. We've seen Zoo catch a lot with Harden, but Mason Plumlee does a little bit more bounce. You think we can see uh, some highlight compilations of James Harden and Mason Plumlee picking and rolling alley-oops over the next couple of weeks that sustain our offense? I think Big Plum is underrated in the pick and roll. It goes back to his days where I believe he was playing with Darren Williams early on with the Brooklyn Nets which, when he was in the uh, dunk contest. This yeah. is somebody that can be a more of a vertical threat than even a beast of Zubats is. Zubats has, you know, a bag. I think you can say at this point, you can dump it down into him and let him go to work. Mason Plumlee's not that guy, but he's a rim runner. He's a finisher. He gets up. He still has bunnies. He's always looking for that reverse dunk. Kawhi yeah. Leonard also found him a couple of times last night with sucking the defense, bring the attention his way, and then immediately was looking for Mason Plumley. So Clippers players trust him, and Kawhi has been very good with big men over his career, but specifically with the Clippers, I remember game one against the Lakers of the 2-1-3 era. No Paul George in that one. But I think one of the first couple of plays, it was Kawhi Leonard finding Avita Zubats for a dunk. So he feeds and looks for his big men, as, of course, Russell Westbrook and James Harden also do for this team. But it's a little bit of a different dimension. 
He's also, you know, the better passer. Avita Zubac has been much better out of the short roll over the last 30 games or so with this new starting lineup. But Mason Plumley, that's something he can do. He can pass out of the elbow, out of the high post. He found Paul George on the back door cut, just like he did last season for the 360 dunk against OKC, last night against OKC. So some interesting parallels there. Uh, but I, I really, I think he's one of the best backup big men, maybe right behind, obviously, Nas Reed with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the Clippers are lucky to have him coming back. And he was 5 of 5 last night. He looked great. He filled that role, got the start. And I thought, for the most part, some interesting moves by the Clippers, putting him on uh, Josh Giddy at times and kind of you know giving him a little bit of that rust treatment where he's stored away in the corner, let Mason Plumlee sag off of him. I think Giddy did hit one three-pointer, not the three he hit last time in OKC. But you know, Coach Lou will be, uh, will be picking and choosing how to use him the correct way. And I just think Mason Plumlee, yes, you lose so much defensively without a beat to Zubas. Mason Plumlee is not the rim protector, even though he's a great athlete. If you watch that play last night against Chet, where Terrence Mann gets the block, Mason Plumlee falls for pump fakes. He's overly aggressive. He works too hard, and guys get him to bite. That's his issue at the basket because he is a better athlete than Avica Zubats. He just doesn't have the same defensive principles, doesn't have the same discipline on that end. He gave up, I think, last year within six feet of the rim with Charlotte when he was starting all those games 60%. Avica Zubats in his career as a clipper is giving up just 52% at the rim so he's been an elite rim, rim protector and that's where he'll be missed most most i think the clippers have to lean into offense a little bit more right now and obviously last night knocking down 23 pointers they did yeah who knows if, if ty goes to like more small ball lineups in this stretch without zoo uh, he could we could see that the thing about zoo is as you mentioned that rim protection but mason that high post up i was going to mention it before you did hopefully we can see a little bit more movement now that we have somebody that can play make out of the high post. Cause Tice, you know, he's not a bad passer either, but Mason is definitely the best passing big on the team. So hopefully we can see some of that backdoor stuff. I know Paul George says he doesn't like, he's not a good back cutter, but it seems like every time he back cuts on that left side, he gets something good. So maybe it's going to become less rare these days. He's sandbagging. He doesn't want the opponents to know that's his secret weapon now. Yeah. <laughs> it at least works against OKC for sure. But you're right. He's done it a few more times so far this season for some uh, big-time throwdowns. And, and my last question before we move on, how do you think we'll be able to combat Zubats's absence defensively? Like, what do you think we need to do better defensively? I think for me, obviously, it starts at just staying in front of the ball better. Everybody has to take a little bit more pride. And staying in front, fighting over screens, because the thing is, you just don't have that same protection at the rim. Yeah, I think it becomes even more imperative. And maybe this shines more light on how good Kawhi Leonard has been this season on the defensive end, because his backline defense, whether they're going small or not, he has just been so elite there. The block yeah. that he had on SGA last night. That is an all-timer. That's my favorite play of the season so far because oh, wow. I don't know how many guys can get beat off the dribble like that, recover, get the block with the left hand, corral yeah. it with the right hand, not let it go out of bounds. That was one of the most skilled, coordinated, acrobatic blocks that I have seen on a player as quick as SGA who also used the right arm to try to shove off of Kawhi Leonard there. But what he's been able to do, and you look at the on-off numbers with Kawhi on the floor defensively without him, he's been so special on that end. And that's, to me, uh, what speaks to how focused he is. And I, I think 
you know, he keeps talking about his intention this season and what he wants from the Clippers. And he's mentioned it a few different times. I'm focused on something bigger. When they talked about that great regular season stretch he had where he was at, you know, 65, 58 shooting splits from the outside, 90% from the free throw line. And he's still on a crazy run right now. Don't get me wrong. Last 20 games from Kawhi, he's at 57% from the floor. He's at 51% from the outside. But he said, I'm focused on something bigger. And then the other day, after the contract goes through, and they're asking him about that, he's already ready to move on. Like, he's like, cool. I'm trying to take this team to places they haven't been before. I'm paraphrasing, but he said something to that effect. Well, I think Kawhi saw early on, even going back to training camp, when he was talking about how special Bones Highland was and kind of like took him under his wing. I think Kawhi sensed that this is a roster that can get it done. Now with James Harden especially. And so there's a different level of focus even from him when he always has a laser focus. But he's not letting up. In that game at home against Sacramento, they're up by 30. And Kawhi Leonard is getting on guys for defensive lapses. You didn't see stuff like that all the time in the 2-1-3 era. And I think he knows you have to build those championship habits. They can't skip those steps like last season. And they now have a roster where all the pieces are there. And now it just takes that focus, that locked-in mentality. And so to me, when it comes to that question about how do they get by without a visa Zubats, you're right. On the perimeter, they have to be better. I thought Terrence Mann playing down the stretch and Coach Lou going with him over Norman Powell, even with Norm having an unreal season in fourth quarters, was a big-time move and paid off. Even on a play where the Clippers were unlucky, where Terrence Mann blocks Isaiah Joe, who was 5 of 5 from 3, and then it ends up in J-Dub's hands for a three-pointer, and he sinks it. Even then, you can see the value of Terrence Mann when you're trying to have more defense on the floor late to close out a ball game. So we might see more of him more of a mere coffee at times with those guys on the perimeter playing defense. But then it just comes down to Kawhi Leonard holding things down uh, on the interior. And I know Mason Plumlee or Daniel Tice, they're solid in that area. And I love DT and the effort he gives. He'll contest anything. He doesn't care about being put yeah, on a post. he really does. And he finally got rewarded last night. He had the no-look block that they reviewed afterwards with a push-off. I think it was J-Dub. Uh, I love Daniel Tice and the way he battles out there, but – you're, no one guy can make up for the loss of Avita Zubats. Long story short. Yep. And coming up, going to go even more in depth about the state of the Clips, the way we've been playing since getting James Harden, and just how good the Clippers are relative to the league. What can we do this season? I know you guys hear from me every day, but it's going to be nice to hear from someone else who's around the team all the time. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy sports platform in North America, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And all it is is you against the numbers. Here's what you have to do all you got to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And with basketball season and football season going on simultaneously, you can now pick combo projections across both leagues from the specials league a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can take Luka Doncic more or less in this game against the Lakers on Wednesday night. And you can also make bets for the, or not make bets, place your entries for the NFL playoffs and price picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets hurt, 
pretty convenient to be able to do that. A lot of fantasy leagues do not let you do that. You ever used prize picks before, Adam? Oh, I had a play last night. I think I actually won three times my money. I love prize picks. I didn't even have to combo it. I just used the Clippers and Thunder game. I think I had SGA under 21 and a half points or 27 and a half. It probably was for him. And then Paul George over the 24 and a half. They had him at last night. So big winner right here, Darian. There we go. Go to prizepix.com if you want to do the same. Go to prizepix.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. I got to tell you something, a little something about LinkedIn jobs at the start of the new year. Every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024. LinkedIn jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with just like any NBA organization. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I've gotten jobs on LinkedIn, but I've never actually looked to hire on LinkedIn, maybe in the future. And LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's a new year and it's time to achieve new goals. LinkedIn is the place where you can help achieve those goals. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. All you got to do is post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Back here with Clipper radio host Adam Oslin to talk about the state of the Clippers. So right now, 40 games in one game away from the halfway point, 26 and 14. It's been an absolute roller coaster of a ride for the Clippers this season. And we have been in the spotlight for a lot of it, especially after training for James Harden. It started out as a season where we might flow under the radar. And then we shocked the basketball world, bringing in James Harden. It started out really, really shaky. And then we had the move, which I know you've been big on every game. You've been updating uh, the stats on the new lineup. Tell me how you think the season has gone, how good the Clippers are now, but when it really changed, I think we all know when it really changed. Terrence Mann entering the starting lineup over Westbrook, and Westbrook has adapted his role. James Harden has adapted his role, and everyone seems to be kind of clicking right now for us. Yeah, what's amazing, going into the Minnesota game where obviously they didn't have their whole starting lineup without Avita Zubas, even with Terrence Mann struggling and being under 30% from three on the season, although he's starting to trend in the right direction now, that new five starting lineup was shooting 53% from the field and 44% from the outside. What happens when Terrence Mann starts to cook and really get on that heater? We've seen it a little bit more recently. He knocked down a three last night against OKC and looks to be much more confident, and it's only going to help when you get those big crunch time minutes in the fourth quarter. But everything for the Clippers has been going their way recently. It starts with that starting lineup, the sacrifice by Russell Westbrook, and I have to say, Russ stands, stand down, and support your guy. Support him in this role. I want to see Russell Westbrook win a ring bad. I think that would be an amazing accomplishment at this point of his career to sacrifice, come off the bench, be the Iggy, 
be the Manu Ginobili and win a yeah. ring that way. We heard, I think it was PG-13 last year at the All-Star Game. They asked him a question, who would you want to see win a ring more than any other player? And he said Russell Westbrook. And that was right before I think they brought him in. So many guys are rooting for him. And I just love the fact that he's team first all the way. And really his sacrifice changed the season, him coming off the bench. So it starts there, but then you still got to build up the, that chemistry. And guys still have to sacrifice like James Harden is only taking 11 shots per game. I mean, that's what's amazing to me. This is somebody that since OKC, he had a season where he averaged 25 shots per game, literally, for the Houston Rockets. And he's taking 11 now and is fine with it. And I had some concerns early on, especially when they tried to go with the big four, of how you keep everyone in rhythm. Well, recently, regardless of who's going off in what quarter, everybody's still touching the basketball enough. And I heard this from James Worthy the other night on Spectrum. I always like his analysis. But he said, look, even if guys aren't taking shots, if they're just touching the basketball and feel involved on offense, that can keep them in a rhythm too. And you're starting to see that. We know Paul George is a rhythm shooter. But what he's doing right now with catch-and-shoot three-pointers is unbelievable. I just ran the numbers earlier, put them up at follow Adam A on X. PG-13, last 15 games, his frequency of catch-and-shoot threes is up 15% almost from where he was at last season. And he's shooting 49% on them. Last year, he shot 38% on catch-and-shoot threes. So he's taking more. He's making more. He's been hot outside of the Minnesota game. He's been on a crazy heater. Last 10, 51% from the field, 46% from the outside. But it's due to James Harden, him being the third option at times offensively, at least teams forgetting about Paul George and him taking advantage of that. I've heard people say on the Lob the Jam, the podcast, that Paul George is turning into Michael Porter Jr. on steroids. So that's been a huge wrinkle for this team. It's brought out the best version of Paul George. Obviously, the best version, at least regular season-wise, of Kawhi Leonard has been happening. Ever since that game up in Sacramento, where after they lost to the Denver Nuggets with Reggie Jackson uh, and DeAndre Jordan torching them in the pick-and-roll late, you saw that dunk, I think it was in the first quarter, the attempted dunk on Kevin Herter by Kawhi Leonard. And it was like, oh, something different now. He eases into seasons as he always does and then just starts to be much more explosive out there. I know you're always on burst watch, Darian. We're just yeah, looking to see if much. he can blow by guys. And we've seen some big-time blow bys against really good defenders or at least quick guys. Bam Adebayo, the game against Miami, the blow by baseline, the Derek Jones Jr. blow by, the spin move on Grant Williams in that game in Dallas too. Uh, it's continually happening. And last night he got Chet Holmgren. Now, I know Chet, big 7-4 guy, but the Clippers in the fourth quarter at times, outside of PG-13 and that and one, were shying away whenever they were near the basket because Chet was looming. So Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and I said from day one, James Harden would bring out the best and unlock the best version of 2-1-3. So you're getting that from them. But now Terrence Mann is coming around offensively. Amir Coffey's back in the rotation. Another maybe blessing in disguise. Yeah. If Paul George and Kawhi Leonard don't get hurt for a few games, I don't know if Amir, who got the start, was it at, was it at first for Kawhi or Paul George, who he started for? Because it kind of came out of nowhere. Amir is starting all of a sudden. Paul, I think. He was out first. Right, right. PG-13 out first after they both played the first 23 games together in the season. But I was screaming for Amir 
right after the trade because everybody was saying, where's our wings? We don't have any more wings. And I right. know he's a little bit undersized and plays more like a shooting guard at times. But I was going, Amir Coffey is still on the team, guys. Like, they got to get him minutes. They have to find a way. They have. It's been awesome to see. I know they gave Kobe Brown that look. I'm happy with that. Uh, he had his moments. It seemed like he was progressing a little bit. But you're trying to win a championship this season. And if you're going to do so, Amir Coffey, I think, can play a role. So all these different role players are starring in roles. Norman Powell in fourth quarters is at 58% from the field and 55% from three. And Coach Lou still went with Terrence Mann down the stretch. And some people were like, well, Norman Powell was only two of 10 in the ballgame. Yeah, how many times has he gotten up to slow starts and then just goes human torch in fourth quarters? Man. And I thought Coach Lou made a great move, sticking with Terrence Mann anyways last night. He rewarded him for great play. I thought it was one of the best games he had all season long. But there's just so many things working with this Clippers team. It starts with Russell Westbrook making the sacrifice, James Harden fitting in and making sure he is a pass-first playmaker out there. And I haven't even mentioned Avica Zubas and the connection they have had where it's no secret, it's no coincidence that Big Zoo playing the best regular season basketball of his career. I know he's going to be out for a month, but that's the James Harden effect. That's what he's been able to do for this team. He's elevating everyone, and they're in sync. And I didn't know if they'd be this good this fast, as high as I was, even back on in July when there were rumors about James Harden. I didn't know it would click in by January we'd be talking like this. You know, I thought it might take till later in February, early March for the Clippers to really get humming. But now they have that shot at a top three seed, Darren. And we know yeah. NBA history says outside the 95 Houston Rockets, if you're not a top three seed in your conference, you're not winning at all. Yep. 69 Celtics and 95 Rockets are the only two teams. So I'm looking forward to potentially getting that top three seed. I think the Clippers will. We're only one game behind the Thunder in second right now. Uh, as as far as Kawhi Leonard, you know, shooting 52% from the field and 44% from three and 88 from the line as of this episode. That's amazing. And then Amir Coffey, 54% from the field and 39 from three. So you love to see it. Paul George doing his thing. And I, I do think, you know, there is a balance to be found between the heavy catch and shoot frequency of PG and not just making him a catch and shoot guy because remember that quote back on all the smoke a couple years ago about how he needs a nice mix and now it seems like he's gone further in the cat off ball direction with Harden and with wanting Westbrook I think there is a balance to be found and I think he knows it best when he's out there and I think we saw it against the Thunder because it wasn't just catch and shoot threes he was hitting he was in step backs he was you know in his bag so it's amazing to see Paul George get that mix and it also not being you know, taking away shots from other guys. And I think Russell Westbrook has gotten a lot less minutes, but having that one less guy that's used to having the ball has really helped the, the balance and the shot distribution of the team. So it's going really great. James Harden is playing at an extremely high level. Should he be an all-star? Coming up, we're going to be talking about not just this year's all-star game, but how about the big news? All-star 2026 coming to your Intuit Dome Clipper Nation. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event because game time has you covered. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. It has great last minute deals, all in prices, reviews from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time. 
takes the guesswork out of buying tickets and makes things convenient for you, even if you don't know if you can attend till the very last minute. And Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. All you got to do is download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, to close out, let's talk about some big news. Big news. As of Tuesday, Adam Silver making an announcement that the NBA All-Star Weekend in 2026 will be hosted by your LA Clippers at the Intuit Dome with no, as of now, involvement from the Staples Center or the Lakers at all. Now, we hosted in 04. We hosted in 2011. 2018. The 2011 one was the one that I was most involved for because I was in 04, I was a little young. In 11, I was watching basketball. That was an iconic weekend for us Clipper fans because Blake Griffin, he was he participated in everything. He had the dunk contest, the all-star game, and the um, rookie challenge. And then 2018, I was in college, so I wasn't here for that. But this is special, Adam. I mean, could you have thought about 15 years ago saying, the Clippers are going to host an All-Star Weekend. Not a joint L.A. thing. The Clippers are hosting it. I mean, revolving around us? What is going on here? Steve Ballmer effect, transforming this franchise. We talk about it a lot. I know you've mentioned it. They became a destination franchise in 2019 when Kawhi chose the Clippers. They traded for Paul George. They remain one. Kawhi got the extension. But in some ways to me, and I'm not – you know, uh, wanting their history to disappear or anything like that or discounting it. But in some ways, to me, it feels like a new franchise under Steve Ballmer. You go from having the worst owner in sports to, I think, the best owner in sports. That extreme makeover from the ownership position, the governor position, it's telling because what do they always say? The biggest advantage in sports is ownership. And the Clippers have not just the richest owner in North American sports, but somebody who cares about winning. His passion is his best asset. That's what matters most. It's not the money. It's how he cares about bringing Clipper Nation their first championship and seems to be come hell or high water, hell bent on making that happen for this team. So I couldn't be more happy, couldn't be more proud, and it's going to be Another great feather in the cap for the Steve Ballmer era to now have that 2026 All-Star game at Into a Dome. And they will have the exclusive, baby. No feature. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. What do you think about the, the decibel levels? Is he going to be able to actually give fans discounts with that? I mean, that, that may be a, a check he might not even be able to cash. So I was wondering at first, okay, how are they going to go through with this Chuck Mark situation for the wall <laughs> where you have to be a verified Clipper fan? Well, they have a few different ways to do it. Either you had season tickets or you bought tickets in the past, but also you, if you bought a jersey. So there's different ways to verify that you are a Clipper fan. And you think about all the different technology and wanting to be at the precipice of that with Intuit Dome. 
They want you back in your seat. So I'm guessing you're going to have a band on or something. I'm sure this information is out there. So when you take something, an item, a drink, whatever it is, they know they just charge you on the spot and you can get back to the game. Uh, I'm excited. The halo board, the wall, everything they have at Intuit Dome, it's going to be top notch. And even Steve Ballmer has mentioned how, you know, we know eventually there's going to be an arena that passes us by. But the fact that that's already ingrained in their brain, like they're trying to be at least a decade ahead, you know, to make sure they have the hottest features and they stay the most relevant and the best place to watch basketball in the entire world. That's what it's going to be. There's not going to be a better place to watch the, uh, not just an NBA game, to watch a basketball game. Not a better place to play basketball, apparently, with some of the courts outside, another court inside. Like, it's a dream. It's basketball nirvana. Yeah. And to add on to that, an announcement made that the Intuit Dome will host basketball games for the 2028 Olympics. I mean, it just doesn't really get better. It's going to be crazy. Uh, I had one last question. James Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. We know Kawhi Leonard is a lock for the All-Star game. Paul George is a leading scorer as of us recording this right now because of the huge games he had against Memphis and OKC. And James Harden, he didn't make the All-Star team last year, even though he probably should have. Should the Clippers have three All-Stars? I think if we make get into that top three seed by the next couple of weeks, it might be hard to argue against it. It's just I think the biggest one is Harden because there's so many good guards in the West. But what do you think? Yeah, and his numbers, the box score numbers don't match the impact that he's right. having on the court because he's taking fewer shots. But he's got a four-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio going on, and some people will attach this Clippers turnaround to him showing up. That plays in his favor. I agree with you. I think they're going to have to be a top-three seed to get him as a third all-star just because the West is so competitive in every way, including voting for all-stars, including all NBA stuff. I mean, it's just, uh, it's a log jam, but I would love to see it. I think if the Clippers continue this momentum through the voting process here, they got a good chance. It's going to depend over the next couple of weeks. They don't have a beats of Zubots. There's another storyline there to follow. How do they rally around not having big zoo, their defensive anchor, James Harden, even last night, I got to say, in the fourth quarter, he had a couple of decent possessions against SGA. When that yeah. steal came up from Paul George, it was James Harden in front of him. Mason Plumlee was coming up to help build the wall, and that's how SGA got a little bit distracted and loose with the basketball for Paul George to rip it and have that dunk on the other end. He also made him take a tough fadeaway. Shea Alexander didn't score in the fourth quarter, by the way. Wow. Like, that is incredible. Not just holding him to only 19 points. They held him scoreless. Donut in that fourth quarter. And I think James Harden's defense has been about as good as you could hope for as yeah. a Clipper to this point. Better, better than I expected, to be honest. I knew he, I've always said that I think James Harden, the defense stuff is a little overblown because, you know, he had those viral compilations back in like 14 and 15, but um, I knew he had great hands, but it's been more the effort even outside the great hands in some games that has really impressed me. And I agree overall, he has been a little better than I expected on that end of the floor. And then offensively as great as you can expect, if not better. Yeah, he's quick yeah. with the hands. They don't have yeah. Roku anymore, but they got James Harden with the quick hands, <laughs> getting steals, getting a lot of blocks over the last month. Uh, I I couldn't be more impressed with the effort. Even Paul George said post game last night, this was kind of funny. He was like, everybody's playing both ends of the court, even James. And it was, <laughs> 
I didn't hear. Oh man, I gotta hear that. That's great. <laughs> but it's clear he wants to be a Clipper. That story came out from Chris Haynes. He wants mm-hmm. to be a Clipper and end his career. And it sounded like from what Kawhi Leonard said post game after signing his contract, he expects you know pretty much everybody to return. I'm uh, paraphrasing, but. You know, I hope James Harden ends up being an all-star and people look at some of the advanced numbers and just how important and how critical he has been to this run where the Clippers have had the best record, 23-7, and seven, uh, over the last 30 games. Is that 23-7 and seven since the lineup change? Mm-hmm. You know okay. it. There you go. So, <laughs> hopefully without Zoo, we have the, the star power now to make up for, just the literal talent. You talked about the offense, and hopefully we'll see it going forward. Got a couple of days off. Before the next game, I'll be there on Sunday afternoon. Uh, what do you think of that? Last question before we end off. Good rest here for everybody. Come by and say hi, Section 111, Club 111. Uh, I It's good timing for them because now with the momentum coming out of this ball game, if they had lost, I mean, when they went down by one with three and a half minutes left, it felt like, uh-oh, they were up by 13, all the momentum's back in OKC's favor. Nah, Paul George gets an and one on the other end, and they go on a 14-2 run to end it. But coming out of that with that victory, and now four days off to marinate in it a little yeah. bit, but also prepare for life without Big Zoo a little bit more. Some of the timing stuff this season with the Clippers, even, and I saw you tweet about this recently, They've been getting some sloppy second games against opponents after the Lakers play them the night before. As bad as the Clippers' schedule has been, they have been getting a little bit lucky with some of the back-to-backs going on in L.A. right now. So I don't know. I've been saying intelligent design. Forgive me. I went to Biola University. But it just seems like the basketball gods, even with this injury to Avita Zubats, are at least giving the Clippers a glance here and there. (laughs) You know? Need some luck, absolutely. Yeah. A little luck. A lot of talent, and you got the recipe for perhaps their first championship in franchise history. And you will be on everything regarding that on the radio. Let people know where they can find you. This was a lot lot of fun. Long overdue. I'm at Follow Adam A on X. Of course, uh, Clippers Talk is the post-game show where we take a bunch of callers afterwards, sometimes angry. Lately, uh, pretty happy. Uh, <laughs> but you can find that Clippers Talk podcast of the Clippers official post-game show. And then, of course, Clips and Dip with my guys, Chuck Mockler, Will Updike, at Clippers Podcast on YouTube, at Clippers Pod on Twitter or X. There we go. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper. Let us know what you thought of the episode. I've not a guest in a little while. It's been so busy. I have to, you know, coordinating and stuff. And we had a nice little layoff. So I figured we'd get somebody on. Let us know what you thought and let us know what you think of how the Clippers can combat this next stretch of the season without a Vince Zubats. The age old proverb continues go Clippers.